Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Um, Carlos, it's it's just us today. I don't want to scare any listeners off. Uh, and, and maybe it's not even just us. Maybe it's maybe it's a half of each of us because I am technically on vacation and you are tired apparently. You've just come off the golf course and you're you're I don't I don't want to say burned out, but you're you're exhausted, right? Because you you played around a golf. It's really a difficult sport with a colleague of ours, uh, Tony Garcia, yep. right? And then- yeah, we were working, and, by the uh, way. Were, this was not pleasure. You were probably, you were, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, golf's not fun. I'm sure you were out there sweating, kind of like you did when you covered two-a-days to sort of relate to the common man in your hard knocks column, which is what we're going to talk about. Um, also, you want to talk about my hard knocks column. So I guess this is really about Dan Campbell because we don't ever talk about Dan Campbell enough, right? But we're gonna that we're gonna discuss that, and you're uh, you've got some things to say. I think you've ingratiated yourself with the readers even more with another one of your lovely, <laughs> optimistic takes. I don't pander, uh, unlike some people. I won't name. Yeah, so you can you yeah you can you can uh, live in your own world, and I'll live in mine, and we'll we'll duke it out here, and then we'll get into uh, in the second segment, Carl. If it's, if it's okay with you, we'll get into Alabila. We don't want to rehash all that, but just Chris Elich more and where the Tigers are going. I, I know you probably want to be the general manager yourself, so we can get into that. Are you sure I'm not? I mean, can well, you-, you could be. Yeah, you might be. And then, of course, our favorite thing. But uh, let's start it off. You wanted to talk about my Hard Knocks column. I wanted to talk about yours. So you you go first, man, because you are the first name on this show. And it really should be the only name. The show doesn't completely stink. I was very careful to say it was mostly infomercial fluff. Um, but it was, you know, and, and the hard thing about this show is, is, as I mentioned in the column right at the top that, you know, I'm a fan of the show. I've been watching it for about 15 years. I know you just heard about it, Sean, you know, so you probably have never watched the whole episode, but I've been, a, I've been a devoted fan to the show for a long time, a lot of great moments. And, and it's, it's, it's gotten watered down ever since 2000. I want to say 12 ish. I think it was when the dolphins are on and Joe Philbin cuts Chad Johnson on the show. They, they aired it a lot. Of, I think feelings were hurt around the NFL and they didn't like having their, one of their worst moments aired for millions of people to watch. It was great television, but we'd never seen anything like that. You'd never seen a player who's, you know, been arrested in charge of domestic violence go into a coach's office and be told you're fired. Um, it, it, it sent, you know, shockwaves throughout the NFL. So I think since then the show has slowly gotten more watered down. So it's not completely surprised of what's happening with the lions and how they're just showing kind of the raw, raw stuff. And, and I, and I, I was trying to be um, understanding of the audience because there's the audience is not one person. There may be, mostly I think it's NFL fans. Right. And then obviously Detroit lions fans are going to watch this thing, you know, intensely. Um, but also, you know, I think they're catering more to the national audience. They're not telling lions fan stuff that they already know. And we've already, you know, have we heard Dan Campbell mention the word grit in Detroit? Yeah. Maybe a few times, you know, um, all these little things, you know, do we know that half the more than half the coaching staff used to be NFL players? Of course we know that, you know, so I didn't want to like hammer them for that because they're introducing the team to a national audience. Um, Honestly, they're NFL fans. They probably already know this, but maybe they don't. So, so I didn't want to be too hard on them, but it was just, there was nothing. What did, you know, even if you're just a casual fan, what did you learn 
from that first episode, from that debut. And I know there's a lot of sort of, uh, you know, preamble to the first episode sometimes of introducing the team and who is this coach, who are the players, something, you know, but it just, it just, there wasn't anything really meaningful. You could have still profiled the player in a more meaningful way. You could have had uh, a t- shown something from a team meeting shown, you know, and, and it was all basically just this rah-rah stuff, you know, introducing Dan Campbell. Yes. He's a tough coach and a, let's go get him coach players like him. Um, but other than that, you know, the, the Deuce Staley and the Aaron Glenn thing was the only kind of real thing that showed you like, Oh, this is something different. You don't see coaches on the same staff who love each other, but also fight with each other and are super competitive on the field. That's the only thing I really remember that stood out all the other stuff, the rookie competition or, or talent show, all this, that, that happens in every hard knocks, um, you know, episode or, or, season rather they show something funny from a sketch or a talent thing or whatever so that really wasn't unique to the lions so that, that's where i felt like they were just kind of copy and pasting some of the ideas they've used other places so it didn't it felt kind of lazy to me that way okay well all right there's there's so much to unpack here and we talked before the show about trying to keep this at a reasonable <laughs> hour but after that no chance there are way too many things yeah no bear with me andrew <laughs> Uh, Andrew Hammond, our, our uh, you know, oh, he's asleep. Producer. He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's gone. Do we, we lose him? He's already? doing his cross. He's doing his New York tr- Times crossword. Okay. I'm not Hayes even. I'm not even sure where to start with this. Um, but I'm going to start with this. Uh, In and Out Burger. All right. <gasps> it's not a great burger. It's a good burger. It's a chain burger. You know what's going to get? It's the same thing every time. This is what Hard Knocks is. They're In and Out Burger. It's fun to. Eat. You're you're saying this just to trigger me. No, you're I'm not. Trying, it's fun to, to eat there, just, right? Speaking the knife and twisting no, it. No, it's, it's, in, it's fun to eat there. It has its place in our society. You know, it's not trying to be art. Uh, in and outs not trying to be uh, uh, gourmet, right? They're, they're not grinding their own brisket and short rib and mixing it up into this perfect little patty, right? And, and serving it and making you, you know, wait from 11 p.m. to midnight in some bar in Atlanta, which apparently had the best burger for a while, and you could only get it one hour out of the week. in and outs not trying to do that, Right. But they're still solid, you know, to some they're more than solid. And to me, that's hard knocks. So, okay, that's one thing. The second part of that is maybe the more important part of it is I think listeners, viewers rather, understand that. And when you write what you did today, and I mean this with all due respect, readers are going to take that, that you are somehow telling them the truth about what this is when they already understand what that is. And I think that we saw that, and I know you love to read reaction to your piece. I think that's why the reaction in part was what it was because people inherently think it's like when we talk about Trump and I don't want to get into Trump here, but there's an identity wrapped up into it. So college football is a better example. That's not political, right? If you, if you criticize Michigan or Michigan state or USC or whatever, big 10, by the way, right? It's a, it's a, there's an identity wrapped up in that and i think that's what happens with hard knocks people know that it's not some hard-hitting show they know what it is they like it anyway so when you're telling them all this sucks you're basically a lot of people that think you're telling them they suck and i'm curious if you think about what what i'm telling them they suck. no but that's what people take from it and i'm curious not all people but a lot of people do and you'll see that in the comments i you can see it in the tone so i'm curious if you ever think about that or do you just think, okay, I'm treating this like a movie and I'm going to be a critic and I'm not thinking about anybody who's reading this. This is th- That's a good way to look at it. It's a movie and it's, it's a sequel or the third sequel, or, you know, it's like if I'm writing about the third Godfather, right? Like 
hey, you had some pretty good godfathers before this, and now the franchise has fallen off here. You know, it's not a good movie. It's not or as good. You know, it's not it's not in and out. It's McDonald's is what you're getting. And it used to be right. It used to be filet mignon or whatever, you know, and now it's like McDonald's and it's slowly degraded over time. And that's sad, but they still have had some good episodes over that last span since the Dolphins. I, I brought up the Browns season in 2018. That was a good season, you know, and that was one thing that I think they worked a little harder to get better stuff. And, and, and all of the, one of the things that we don't know about hard knocks is how much, how there's, there's sort of a, a, a partnership with the team itself. And that's probably, you know, Rod Wood, the team president, probably has the ultimate say or someone near the top like that looks at some of the film and probably gives the OK or the not OK on some of the stuff that they air. Either they're, it's too whatever. Uh, it's not flattering or too sensitive or whatever it might be. And so we don't know the cutting room floor, you know, so it, that is a thing where I don't want to be totally unfair to the Hard Knocks crew that sometimes I'm sure their hands are tied. Um but also there's times where, and, 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 you know, you and I know this team, Sean, and the fans know this team, the Lions, and we know that there's a lot more meat on the bone as far as other players that they could profile. Something, you know, someone like Jamal Williams, actually, they could have profiled. And maybe they'll get to him. They have five episodes, so they have four more. And I'm sure they will do some, you know, profiles on some of the players. Um, but they could have done something like that a little bit more meaningful. And I wish they'd seen, we'd seen a little more, um, a little more than showing, I think, what, what did I break it down to? 7% of the airtime of the show of watching Dan Campbell do freaking up downs, you know, three no, minutes, it wasn't, three, it wasn't 7% watching, watching 40. That's not what you wrote. You wrote 7% watching and talking about it. So he was talking about it too. So that's a little, the whole thing, the segment. Yeah. yeah so that's a little bit of character of doing up downs, if, the I, whole segment. if I may just stop you there for a second, if I hum no. humbly, with all, again, due respect, stop you there for a second. You, all this talk about, well, maybe they will, maybe they'll show this. What you did is walked into a theater and walked out 30 minutes later and said, okay, this is what I think about the movie. Even critics, uh, movie critics, TV critics, rather, they get sent, uh, let's say there's 10 episodes in a, in, a, in a season. They'll get sent the first four at least, right? So then they can write off something a little bit more than one episode. And I, and I saw some questions about that today, and I think that's a fair question. And so I would love to hear you talk about why you thought one episode in when so much of the first episode is obviously what you talked about, just kind of introduction, why you didn't wait another show or two, then say what you have to say about this particular season. Um, that's easy. Cause I'm not Sean Windsor. I'm not going to wait till the whole thing's over to, to, to cast my decision. So you're going to make it, first make, episode. so you're going to make a choice without all the facts that is, I'm going to, yeah, what okay. I've been shown, okay. what I've been shown is one episode. That's all I'm privy to. So it's time to weigh in on that episode. You know, that's, I can't wait. I can't wait a month until I, okay, let me think about this now. Now that the show's over. No, but this isn't a season. Is this it is two episodes, three. What's fair. This three isn't episodes, a, yeah, episodes? I would say probably at least two, three is probably better. This isn't a season, though, where each you're writing about a game and you make an opinion about that particular game. This is part of a larger arc. And I understand if you're writing about a season in terms of the coach, you're not going to say, hey, he's great or needs to go after one game. You just you, you write about what happened on the field. And then sometimes you do attach it to larger themes. If there's a quarterback that's been there a few years and he shows again in the first game opener, whatever. I understand that. But you're talking about a narrative arc that, that's playing out over, what, five, six weeks. 
and you took uh, a fifth of it and said, okay, this is, this is what's wrong with it. So again, what's the justification? Well, the justification is it's one I'm writing about the debut episode and how they are introducing this team to the public, to the viewing public. And they, I don't think they really did it justice. They, they, and you know, one thing, one thing that I didn't get into as much, but really the audience of this team of the show, rather, you know, it's not grandma tuning in at 10 PM on HBO max and wondering, Oh, I wonder what's on HBO max today. Oh, HBO sports. Let me watch this. No, you're, you're at the very least a pretty good NFL fan. If you're a pretty good NFL fan, you already know after the last season, you have heard about Dan Campbell. You've heard about the knee biting. You've you, maybe you don't know about the grit. He loves to talk about grit, whatever, but you've heard, you know, that all these coaches used to be players. That's like, that's not new ground. And I think they just lingered on these things too long. Like, give us something different. Give us something, you know, if you want a little exposition, fine. I don't even mind the up-downs, but make it tighter, make it shorter. You know, there's something called editing in, in you know, video and TVs producing. Like, give us something a little better, you know? And it, it just it just felt so fluffy and, and meaningless, you know? It just, it just didn't, it didn't tell me much about who the Lions are. That's that's the disservice. I think that, that that's why it's the introduction. That's what I'll introduction. I can't write about every single. I'm not going to write every single episode. Nobody's going to do that. But who is it? Who is it? No, you don't need to do that. You can wait a few and then make a judgment. But who's it? Is but you can't make it when who who's making that decision? Two episodes is that fair? Three? Yeah, I, do. I think that's a lot more for next fair season? because then you can at least say, okay, they're not going to do. They're not going to. If one, what's fair? How many? If the how many second or third, for? I would think three. If the second or third, you can write other things without. Yeah, making and then a Jeff Seidel says I should wait for four, and then Mitch Alvin says I should wait for five. I mean, it's all arbitrary. But you, you know, like, what's not really. You want at least a sense of the story. At least, okay, if they're going to repeat one, if if the second one's just like the first one, then to me, you got more ammunition, right? Yeah, but then what if the third one's amazing? You know, like it it doesn't work in a linear because like I'll, the the Browns example I gave is there was like a lot of snipping back and forth between the coordinators. I don't know when that episode aired, if it was the third one or whatever. That's something they don't have control over, you know. But I also wonder with that how much I, I don't know what the rule is with hard knocks as far as how much they work with the team and say, listen, this is already reported. So it's not like it's a big secret. Or if they happen to have these coaches mic'd up, like, you know, obviously I think the Deuce Staley and the Glenn, Aaron Glenn thing, they were mic'd up. They knew that they were fouled. And I'm not saying they played it up, but maybe they did a little bit, you know, the antics and barking back and forth, you know, it was entertaining that way. Um, so you don't know how much they're working with the team as far as how much they can show. And, you know, and I think the Browns thing too, probably was a little bit embarrassing for the, for the NFL too. Like we're having our own coordinators, you know, second, third and command coaches like fighting with each other, you know, arguing with each other. It's not a good look. I would say again, you know, when you say disservice to who, I mean, it, it, it sounds like the readers don't know any better. <clears throat> I'm talking about readers of your column or readers of the free press or just people that want to read about the lines in general. I guess that's everybody. Right. But that's the thing, you know, they, they understand that and they like it. I mean, they keep making Do it. They, they keep, yeah, of course they do. I mean, this is you and I talk about this. We argue about this all the time. Of course they do. You, you I think you can see, I don't want to use reader comments as a judgment because it's a very, very small percentage. But if we're just going to go by that, I'll do what you did with the series. I'll just say, okay, 
those 50 reader comments represent the, the thousands of people that actually read your column. Well, I'll, I'll turn it on you and do the same thing. No, Sean. No, and they, that, that's the thing is... is They is, felt like you were preaching at them that they were supposed to know better when they already know better. I mean, that's the thing. So so how do you how do you work your way through that? How do you navigate that? How can you get your opinion across with something like this without making folks feel like, well, of course it's fluff. We know it's fluff. That's why they keep making it and recording it because it, we like it, right? Like McDonald's, whose fries are better than In-N-Out, by the way. Mm, debatable, debatable. Um, by the way, at In-N-Out, you can tell them how do you want the fries, if you want them well done or you want them like, you know, soft or whatever, extra extra crispy. They'll do whatever you want. Anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's the thing, right, is you don't know. I mean, every reader is not the same. There's some readers who... I'm sure viewers, whatever, you know, who've never seen this and boy, the lions are on, ah, let's watch this show. And they were like flabbergasted by the whole, but honestly, everything that they showed you. And I'm, I wrote about it. The lion's own internal video team could have done almost everything that they did. They just don't have quite the, you know, uh, arsenal of cameras and mics and everything that, but the talent, the, the rookie things of, you know, Hutchinson dancing and singing and, you know, Glenn and, and, uh, and, uh, do Staley going at it, you know, that's stuff that the video team could have done. It's, it's like, I don't think HBO was using its access to the fullest potential that it had. That's where it feels wasteful. You know, it's like, it's like George Lucas ruining the, the Star Wars, Star Wars prequels. I think, um, you know, again, I'll use your word. That's debatable. I, I, I just think the production, we talked about this off the air before the show, the production value, the, the narrative voice from Liv Schreiber, Right. I mean, the, the way they Ripping cut off John the, the editing, the way it's cut, all of that is no offense to the Lions PR department. They do a nice job locally, but it's just a completely different level. Right. It's like make, it's a difference between you making a 16 millimeter of you and Tony Golfin versus, uh, a, you know, a PGA, a P, the master's production. Right. You know. <laughs> it's 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 that's it, true you're you're absolutely right with the music and jim nance's yeah, uh, no narrate, for sure and all yeah, absolutely and all that adds to the entertainment value but real quickly before we wrap up this section because you and i are just going to go round and round you don't care about the readers um what and maybe you shouldn't maybe i'm, I'm wrong there so what, what what did you hate about the, what my column was about hard knocks but uh, beyond, I didn't see. Pandering. See, I'm not as I'm not as black and white as you are, Sean. I didn't hate. I didn't hate column. yours. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, it was it was it it was, uh, you know, you you highlighted, you know, what that it that it underscored how much the players like Campbell and they believe in him and and uh, are we talking about the lines in the next segment too or no we, we don't no, the lines no, no. okay yeah. well one thing one thing I want to say about that and and this not it doesn't have that much to do with your column necessarily but how you brought up how the players buy in and we knew that and it, it only further you know resonated or uh, or uh, you know reinforced that idea you know one of the one of the players who i think that you know is the sort of archetype for a gritty player you know Dan Campbell's highest uh, honor he can bestow on you someone who's gritty is David Blau the third string quarterback a guy uh, you know, if you don't know him, he's a good guy, really nice guy, uh, smart. He's undersized. He works hard. He's always prepared, um, very professional. 
And, you know, I think the word gritty would apply to him. However, he fumbled a key snap that lost them the game. And I, that this is where when, you know, coaches talk about their little things, you know, the grittiness and we're going to work harder and we're going to be disciplined and we're going to be more in shape that, you know, they have their little mission statements, right? At the end of the day, you know, you got to, it doesn't really matter. All these, all these ideas, all these high-minded things that any coach brings doesn't really matter. Can you produce when you're on the field, when, when it's crunch time, when it's time to do the right thing. And more importantly, to not do the wrong thing. Can you do it? Can you close out games? Can you make those difference, the difference in those two or three plays, every game that decide games, you know, and as much as I like David Blau, as much as the Lions like David Blau, you can't have that. You can't fumble a shotgun snap and cough it up. And then they score the winning touchdown. You know, yes, it's a preseason game. doesn't matter, but it's an evaluation of your players and I think that's the thing where even though he is a player who has bought in, he's one of those guys that shows that in your column, you know, they believe in Dan Campbell, um, you know, can they trust him? You know, and that's, that's the problem with this whole idea of grit is at the end of the day, man, sometimes you're not really the gritty guy. You don't love to practice. You don't like to practice hurt all this stuff. You don't like to push, but damn it. You know how to hold on to football when it counts, you know? I mean, that's, that's what I think where, these little kind of uh, mission statement things fall kind of flat on me. And I, and that's not to say they don't love Campbell and they do. And that helps. Yeah. They're different. You know, they're, it definitely they're, helps. You're talking about two different things to me, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what the coach is selling. If, if the players aren't buying, then that team's not going to go anywhere. Just like it doesn't matter if there's no talent. And as I mentioned in the column, right? I mean, all this, this is great. They buy in. That's a start. But if the talent isn't there, they're still not going to win. But you can also have talent and a fractured locker room and everybody had each other's throats and you won't win with that either. I mean, you got to have both. And it's just, I mean, it's just how it works, right? It's how any group of human beings works, no matter what, you don't have to, what it is. The the difference, the difference with guys like Campbell, I think is take someone like Jim Schwartz where he wasn't beloved, but he also wasn't hated. You know, I mean, that, that, I think that's most coaches is people don't love them. It's not like, like you're going to be my surrogate. You don't need to love them. You need to buy what they're selling. You need to believe in them yeah. and you need to respect them. Right. right? That's it. You don't That's have to it. love them. Right. Yeah. And all this, like, I'm going to gonna run through a wall for Coach Campbell and all this, like, whatever, you know, like just, hey, man, he's your boss. Do you believe in him setting you up to succeed? Okay. Yeah. Schwartz, do you believe that, you know, what he's doing? even though he can be full of himself and kind of a, a jerk sometimes. Yeah, they didn't yeah, in the okay, end, whatever. Right? They didn't in the end. I mean, that was the problem with Schwartz. It, it, uh, it was the defense at the end. that They were just they, they, they didn't pay Sue, and, you know, they decided not to keep enough people. And, you know, if they still had Sue, it would be a different story probably. But yeah, maybe so. Maybe right. Again, to the talent, but you also got to have the – you got to have everybody kind of trying to achieve the same thing. And that's just – it's, you know, football is by far the trickiest because there are so many people involved. It's much easier in tennis. It's just the one player, one player, and the coach. You or know? golf, or golf, yeah. Where you got, uh, you know, hitting, hitting, uh, whatever. Somebody, you know, you're a caddy, I guess. You know, he's sort of a coach or she. But no, it's. Uh, I'm with you. You know, both things have to have to work. And to me, that's what the the first one showed. And I, you know, he was about in tears trying to explain to him why he wanted him in pads. It's just like, trust me, trust me, trust me. And they're either going to trust them or not. We'll see. I mean, they they do probably right now a little bit the way they played for them at the end of the last season. But if they start off one and seven, it won't matter. It won't. Pads thing though, like like that that was a weird segment about the pads. 
Like, like there's no players complaining about pads. They like being in pads as long as no, they're not they making don't. them. They don't like. Yes, being... they do. Yes, they do. The first few times that they 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 miss it. They haven't been in pads. Did in you months. not hear what he said? He was addressing it because he could hear people whispering and rolling their eyes and making comments about why are we in pads? He actually addressed no. that. You have you ever played football? I've never. No, I've not put on. It pads sucks to be in pads in August. It just does. Any football player will tell you that, except for the rare psychopath out there who just can't wait to hit 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 the whole time but when you're 28 years old or 30 years old and you're trying to recover that's the whole point of that speech is that they don't want to be in the pads you know yeah i don't know if i buy that it's not I don't, a question I don't know there's, there's they, nothing I don't to argue with it's a at fact. the beginning at the beginning of training camp they miss it they miss that contact they, they're tired of just running around in shorts and they can't hit each other they have to be extra careful i think they miss that contact and they do know these are grown men they know that they need contact to get ready nobody's really disputing that maybe there's some people yeah the older veterans with bad knees who are, are like uh, you know like and definitely later in camp that happens but this was this was not this was early in camp that first episode so right it was and, it, and it's, it's but it's normal it's it was earlier than normal right which is why he was talking about the studies and that's the thing he was trying to explain to them why that day why in the math or the algorithm or however you figure that out based on the science and and just the anecdotes of player injuries right a lot of just crunching numbers that's what he was trying to explain to them well you know and it was it was interesting he was almost in tears trying to do it He's pleading for their trust. We'll see if he does. We'll see if he gets it. You know, if they lose, they're not going to buy it, right? They're going to say, well, okay, fine. You had a little different way, and we're one and seven. So what does it matter? You know how that kicks in. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's tough. That's, well, you know, that's all right. You can keep playing golf. But you're much better at it than I am. All right, man, we're not going to get anywhere with this. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about uh, your favorite sport, baseball. Hello, I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slaurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom has spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartans Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, baseball, Alavila. He's no longer the general manager of the Tigers. Carlos, take Sean, it away. Your column was wrong in so many places about this this whole firing. No, uh, you know you were the one. You were the one who you finally you finally showed that you can be a little tough, a little a little uh, little negative. Dare I say, Sean? I know you don't like that word. No, I was I was a negative. I was just yeah. to poor Christopher Illich. How no. dare you? Um, saying it's all his fault, and he's got to take ownership of uh, this losing. He can't just uh, hang Al out to dry, right? Because he probably had some say in some of the the moves that were made that didn't work out. Um, so, 
what's your what's your what's your uh what's the tape what's the how how much is this Illich's fault how much does he have to take ownership of this and and what does that even mean because he can't fire himself no he can't I mean I just uh the one thing I well there were lots of things I appreciated about Alavila just as a as a journalist covered him right and, and a human being but the one thing I really respected especially this past year and even in years past but particularly this past year when it went south was how he would get up and say um hey this it's it's, it's me it's my fault right we heard him do that two three times and um and I would have, uh, I, I would have liked to see hear Chris Illich say that. Christopher Illich say that. Same thing because it's his team. Yeah. And I get it; he's not making the moves, right? But he, you know, it was a tough spot Avila was in. I'm not trying to to justify the moves he made. They did not work in his tenure. There, there's very little you can point to that say that did work. But it was just an interesting seven year stretch, wasn't it? Carlos, yeah. you come in, you say, okay, keep the momentum going. So he spent heavily for a couple of free agents, didn't really, including uh, Jordan. Was it Jordan Zimmerman? Yes. I always want to say Andrew Zimmerman, the the chef. That's my food <laughs> brain. But uh, but uh, Jordan Zimmerman, and then um, I can't remember the bat, that the the outfielder who escapes my name. Forgive me for that. But uh, paid a lot of money. It didn't work. Anyway, the very next year, it's like, okay, we're not going to spend any money. And then a couple of years later, they, you know, the next year after that, start trading pieces away. So it's really like two or three different tenures into one, right? They spend immediately. Then the money dries up. Yeah. Then they're not going to spend at all. It's got to be through the draft and, um, and then trades. And they make the trades or the, the assets they had left. Justin Verlander being the, the most obvious. And none of those prospects have worked out. And it's risky business anyway getting prospects in baseball. You and I have talked about this before, but I mean, his math was what zero for whatever. I mean, there's not a single star in the team. They got back on a trade, not even close to a star. So, so then uh, they get to the point where he can finally spend a little bit of money. And all of a sudden he's got this year and um, everything that could have gone wrong, went wrong. You documented that several times early on when you were trying to be optimistic. Do you remember that? I do remember that. So, so I don't know. I just, uh, it's not that you were going to blame. I mean, you can point the finger, whatever. It just didn't work. He just, his moves just didn't work. And that happens, you know, right. You got limited talent and you got all these teams trying to sip their way through limited talent. There's not enough talent to make 30 great teams. There's enough talent to make a handful of them. And you got to have luck and you got to have a lot of other factors that go on. And it just didn't work. It's, it's really not any more complicated than that. Yeah. I wondered just, you know, and I don't think they were expecting, I mean, you know, they were talking about, you know, at least having having the hope of playoffs, right? Like like tracking toward the playoffs, you know, playing uh, in August and, you know, hopefully September being in the playoff chase at least, um, you know, and that's why it was reasonable. It was a reasonable goal. You know, obviously a lot of weird things happened with, with injuries mostly um, that didn't work out. Um so I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't have been, I would, I would not have been upset if they kept Avila for another season. And, and I think there were just way too many weird, uncontrollable factors that went into this season. But also when there's people outside of Comerica with, you know, pitchforks and stuff and torches, then how long can you let it go on? I suppose. And if, if, if you're watching ticket sales and viewership go down and all this stuff, then there's external factors that probably you have to listen to if you're Christopher Illich, right? A biz, if you, it's, a, it's business, a business, right? Now, let me ask you this. This seemed, this seemed to be where you took issue in your column is 
you said that he tried to deflect what, like, you know, during the press conference, you know, uh, uh, whether he'd ex- regretted extending Avila's contract, right. A few years ago. And, uh, and that started the play, the, the rebuild and everything. And, and he says, I didn't tra- trade away those players away, right? Our general manager did talking, I think, specifically about Verlander and J.D. Martinez. So he is deflecting there. He's saying, I mean, he's throwing Avila under the bus. So, Yeah, because you have to okay trading away the biggest star the team's had in 20 years. I mean, I guess him and Mel- he and Mel- Miguel Cabrera, right? And that that's where I don't know. Like, this is where we never know. Like, was Illich... Did Al go to Illich and say, listen, I got to trade JD. I got to trade, you know, Verlander, whatever. I'm going to get let him go. We're going to try to get this in return, whatever it was. And Illich was like, I don't know if that's a great idea. We don't know what that conversation was like. Or was it always just carte blanche? Like anything you want to do, Al, I'm rubber stamping it. Or was it like, I agree with this. No, Al, that makes sense. that I'm not crazy about this, but I'm going to give you the ability to make that decision. You have, you have the authority to do it. I'm not super in love with this decision, but go ahead. You know, well, from what I understand, from what I understand, Carlos and, and been told it, 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 the money was right. They want to get the, the spending under control. So that was, that was part of it. He's not going to go out. Christopher Hill is not going to go out and say, okay, I want you to sign, you know, trade for this prospect and this prospect, and this prospect. What I wanted to hear a little bit more was, you know, yeah, I okayed that deal. It didn't work out, you know, right i wanted to hear i extended him for this reason and it didn't work out and that's okay that it didn't work it often doesn't i people understand that that was that was my issue a little bit you know a month and a half ago he's talking about how he you and i heard him we were at the press conference with derrick lalonde right the the wings coach he was talking about how much he liked the progress he doubled back a little bit at the press conference when he fired avila saying well he meant just the prospects right that was not clear to you. No, no, that's not what he meant. No, no, he, he didn't at all. And and that was the that's I guess why I wrote that the way I did. It's not that he, I'm saying he's a bad guy, whatever. I'm not getting into the whole issue of of. And if you're a fan I, or you're a citizen of this, uh, you know, or you, of this area, if you live in Detroit, there's lots of stuff to pick at. The development, right? The money spent on the the, the stadiums what has been promised, what has not happened, all of that. And, and we don't need to get down that road right here with Christopher Illich. And I'm not making a character judgment on him. What I'm saying is I just thought he could have showed a little bit more, hey, this is my team, and here's why I did this and this and this. It didn't work, and we're going to try to figure it out, right? Yeah. And, 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 and that's really all I wanted, especially coming off, boy, it sure looks good. And then now I'm going to fire him and not let him keep the season. That, that, that seesaw makes me think, and I wrote this, I'm not sure he knows what he wants or what he's looking at. And he's going to have to figure that out before he hires the next guy. And hopefully he will do his due diligence. I'm sure he will and take a swing again. Right. That's what you do when you're an owner. You keep taking swings. Yeah. And I totally agree with you on that. And that it's, it's, you know, that's what we would have liked to have seen. However, you never know how they view things. And if you have the emperor, once the emperor starts, you know, like accepting blame, that's why you hire people, right? So you can blame them for things and then fire them. But, and people look at it differently. Some owners do accept blame and they do stand up and like, I'm willing to take the criticism. This is what happened. I'm going to own it. But some people don't. And clearly Christopher Illich has kind of been the guy who does deflect and doesn't take ownership. You know, the district of Detroit, all this different stuff, these things that, like you said, were promised, haven't come to fruition. You know, like it would be you and I would like to see that. But however, his side of it, maybe his his PR people, the you know, the people he listens to say, no, the minute that you accept blame, 
then the headlines are going to start where this is Illich's fault. This is Illich's fault. And you're going to get right back to just like with the Fords, sell the team, sell the team. They're going to be people, you know, the, there's going to be an uprising. And so you want to stave that off. You want to keep your image. And I'm just saying possibly the owners who don't. Oh, like you're to, right. It, yeah. They, they don't want, they want to stave off. It, it could be it. it absolutely. Carlos, you're, you're absolutely right. It could be that it's just that I would contend that in this society, and I still think this true is difficult. And as much as we're struggling to kind of, you know, get along with each other in a big, broad way, I still contend that most of the time when you when you say, okay, yeah, that was my my issue, or I would have done it differently, or looking back, whatever, people people like to hear that, you know, yeah. right? And 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 they're much more forgiving when that happens. So I think PR, um, I think a lot of that is just corporate culture, and that has to do for so much of that is for legal reasons, right? You know, you have marketing teams, not marketing teams, public relations teams, communications offices. With big, with big companies that were there millions, sometimes more at stake, hundreds of millions, even billions. And so you worry about lawsuits, you worry about blowback and, and products and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's just part of corporate culture where we're at yeah, and fair. professional sports are like that. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I, it's not that I'm trying to kill them for it. It's just, it's just what I noticed. And it's just, and it's just what I wrote. And uh, who knows that he won't go out and find a general manager that'll It'll get this thing going. He may, he very well way. He very well very well may. He did with the wings. I don't know that the Tigers have their version of Steve Eisenman though. What do you think? No, there's no there's no clear choice that's going to come back and you know ascend to the throne as he was always going to you know do. It was always in the cards or whatever. So um, yeah, it'll it'll be hard. It'll but you know what? To to be fair, I mean the other the, the other you know the of what's going on with the wings and Illich isn't taking credit for whatever Eiserman's done. I mean, he says, Hey, we hired the right no. guy. Steve's doing a great job. And so I, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll do that either. You know, turn the, turn no, the tables when things he are won't. going well. Um, but I agree with you. I, I do wish, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded if he said, Hey, when Al wanted to trade away, you know, some of our players, you know, and, and get prospects, I agree with it at the time, you know, I signed off on it. I agree with it. It didn't work out, but you know, Hey, you learn, uh, but it's time to move on. You know, we've had a, we've had a long run here with Al and it's time to go in a different direction and you know, that's it. But yeah, take a little bit of, of onus on that. I think people like to see it. I think that that really makes for, for a strong leader, you know? Um, so you should never, I don't think any owner should be too worried about saying that this is my team and I agree with these moves. And, you know, I mean, you don't want it to be Jerry Jones where he's basically the, running the team, you know, from top to bottom. No, but, right. Um, sure. But nobody, nobody, nobody minds that. Like, listen, you, you, you don't have all the answers, you know, but, but take some responsibility and take some ownership of, of the things that have gone wrong. Well, I mean, yeah. So whoever he brings in, obviously they're going to try to, I mean, they still need to modernize a little bit. Uh, Avila did some of that and he probably deserves some credit for stuff we don't even fully know, but the, you know, scouting, I mean, I know they've tried with analytics, but I still think they're behind in some areas. So the, 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 there's a lot of work that has to be done with that. I mean, their farm system again now is falling all the way back. Right. You know, Spencer Torkelson, meanwhile, is, is what is, I, I saw his numbers the other day. I'm sorry. They escaped me what he's doing in Toledo right now, but he's really, really struggling. Riley green, maybe, um, you know, maybe fine. 
and uh, hopefully he will be. And, and you, you don't want to give up on Torkelson just yet, I, I wouldn't think, right? It's just one year. It's not even one oh, year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to wait. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, right? So they, they've got – the next general manager's got a fair amount of work to do to try to try to figure this out. And it's going to have to be somebody that works with A.J. Hinch and has kind of the same idea about how they want to develop and, uh, and bring in baseball players. That's what's going to be interesting is how this how this works between the next general manager, which which – you know, they Illich said that Hinch is going to have a role in deciding who that is and part of the whole, you know, search or whatever to, to, to find the next person. And that's that's how it probably should be. They love Hinch or he is, you know, everybody loves what he's done and, you know, has a really high his his stock is really high, even though the team hasn't really performed. Right. You know, so um, the next it's going to have to be, you know, a team and. It's a lot. I mean, I don't know about the farm system. You know, I mean, that's not an easy thing to fix. And and frankly, a lot of teams don't have good farm systems anymore. You know, no, they don't. They so don't. It, it it'll be tough. Um, it just I wonder where we're headed now. You know, is it another rebuild? Is it like okay, scrap it all? You know, we're revamping analytics. We're getting rid of the entire scouting staff. We're you know, which like just how much now? How much has this set them back? Even if you find the right guy, it's going to be a while. I think it it probably will, unless unless this is, and by this I mean this season. Unless you think, okay, if everybody's healthy, maybe the young guys get a little bit better, get more comfortable, get this year out of their system. I mean, that does happen from could, time could, to time, right? Could yeah, yeah, it, it it does. To your point about you wouldn't have cared, you wouldn't have minded if Avila got one more shot, and I actually would not have either. And I and I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago. That's why I didn't want to call for his job because I felt like Illich could justify bringing him back again, running it back, and hoping there's better luck. Right. Yes. What I what I argued against was if you're going to tear it down and start over again, then he obviously should not be the one to do that. Right. Right. But if you're going to let it go one more year, right. maybe catch lightning in a bottle next year with health and everything else. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And I think I think we're in agreement. Yeah. On that. yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think when you had Jeff Rieger on, you know, like Jeff brought to bear. All the failures, the, all the failures over all, you know, Avila's uh, career. And, and that's certainly fair to bring that up. You know, he had all the receipts on that. However, this, I think even Jeff would admit it was an anomaly. It was a weird season to have all these things happen at once. Um, so it's, you know, and there was so much, rightfully so, there was a lot of optimism at the beginning of the season, you know, and if you hadn't had a lot of these injuries, um, you know, obviously the bias thing, you know, just didn't hasn't worked out or maybe maybe that'll change i don't know but um you know for the most part these the moves that they made to construct this team seem they made sense it wasn't like these were reckless moves and they didn't make sense of why you're getting no you know all, all eduardo uh, um oh what's rodriguez. rodriguez you know all these guys you know the austin, the austin meadows trade at the beginning looked good and and you know, it did. and it, it people like the bias signing. I know fans wanted yeah. Correa, and I and I get that, right? People didn't hate he's it. A, he, they liked he's it. He's a better player, but, at least, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they didn't love it because everybody wanted Correa, rightly so. But um, especially with the relationship he had with with Hinch and Houston. Right. But but I'm with you. You go back and look at the the bias coverage, and people are like, "Oh, that's not a bad signing." You know, he could right, right, and he will improve the defense, and he's got some power. Yeah, and that's that's where you 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 wonder like. You know, would he rebound? Would he, would, would something, you know, Torkelson, what's he going to look like? 
you know, later in this year or after he gets 500 at bats, whatever it is, you know, next year, what's he going to look like? What's Riley Green going to look like? You know, uh, all these things. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a lot to expect, you know. Um, now, they, you know, that that's what the shame of it is. If, if they'd had better health, where really would this team have been um, possibly at this point of the season? Um, it didn't. Well, and mental health too, right? Better, better overall health, physical and mental health. Yeah, that's that's part of it on a day to day basis with this team. Yep. You know, dealing with all these struggles and all the losing, it gets to everybody. So, um, it'll be weird. It wouldn't it be weird like if a lot of these players come back next season and have rebound years or whatever, and it's like, well, they were the same players, but that's baseball, right? Is. I mean, yeah, they had they had good years. I mean, they had a really good second half of last last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. So it, it happens, but to, wow, I can't believe we're agreeing so much. What is going on here? You're finally, you're I finally seeing the light, Sean. You're coming to your senses. I guess I am. Thank you. Thank you for converting <laughs> me. But uh, all right, my man, we got to take one more quick break here and uh, come back for your favorite thing. And uh, naturally I'll just sort of borrow that as usual. Will that be okay? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlos and Sean. My name is Kerry Jr. The second. I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit Free Press and now the host of Freep's new weekly podcast on the line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts, and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Gross Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. It's that time of the show, Carlos, where you get to tell us uh, what gift was bestowed upon you in the last seven days. And then I will say, okay, I had the same gift. Yeah, my you can't have it. I've I've uh, checkmated you here because you can't have. Okay, it. my favorite. Okay. My favorite was going to the Lions preseason game, first preseason game, the only preseason game actually at Ford Field this year because uh, they play the next two on the road. So, wait a second. You didn't sound like it when you texted me and said, "Where are you?" And I'm going to leave out some expletives. Yeah, because I was like, I was, I, I was. This is why it was my favorite thing. I was getting to see all my reporter buddies again, you know, hanging out with people. And, you know, as you, I think you've said this, I think we talked about this, how like Lions games tend to be kind of like a little bit of a gathering place for Detroit sports media. A lot of people go to those games, you know, even if you don't cover the NFL, you know, like you, you don't go to practices or whatever, but you do come to a game occasionally. Um, So you get to see all the different people and, and football is just, you know, the NFL and, and college too, but, but especially the NFL, there's something to it, that experience, you know, and it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a bonding thing for the reporters. And you see, it's a special, it's a special time, even a preseason game. 
Um, so just getting able, being able to sit next to Dave Burkett for the first time in months at a game and Tony Garcia was to my right and, and we were saving you a spot. In fact, not only were we saving you a spot, but a lot of the, our, our listener doesn't know this, but you have been known to come to the game up eh, just a tad late sometimes. And you've asked me to, I've never missed you, a kickoff. You've asked me to bring you food. No, but you've been late for the, for the food. Cause they do take it away. Yeah. So you've asked me, Hey, can you give me a plate or whatever? Which I'm very happy to do. So I, I was like on food alert for you. I'm like, man, what am I going to get? Oh, what does Sean want? You're making me cry. Yeah. I was ready to get you a third. I already had two plates of the pulled pork. And I'm like, can I go get a third plate? Are they going to like shut that? Like, tell me like, this is too much or a glutton. Um, and I was waiting. That's when I texted you, like, where are you? Like, are you, is something going on? And I think one time, like, I don't know if there was an accident or something. You and Jeff were both driving to the stadium. There was some kind of weird thing where you guys yeah. couldn't park or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I was a little worried about you. So I'm, I'm glad you're fine. I think you had uh, your 40th vacation day that you were using, whatever it was. But um, but it was fun. It was fun to see everybody, the excitement of the stadium. It was, it was actually, it turned out to be a good game. They lost, but it was a close game. So it was a lot of fun. Now we don't get to see it for what another a month september 11th when they open against the eagles oh that's nice that's a nice uh that's a nice favorite thing you know nice i, I appreciate that and i th- and thank you for thinking of me my favorite thing uh i'm gonna change it you know it was gonna be that i i love you've been writing about golf lately <laughs> and uh and i don't want to get too insidery for our, our listeners out there but there people are reading your golf stuff and it's nice to see because you and i talk a lot about it's not that we um, bemoan necessarily, it's just about how things change and evolve and the, the way we write about sports and cover sports and what people are interested in. And a lot of the non, non-major non team sports have, have become really super niche sports and we don't, we don't um, share them in, as a society in the, in the way that we used to, you know, with John McEnroe or whatever, as, a, as, a, as an example. So it's been uh, fun to see your golf stuff, which I think you've – brought down to a, a, a level of, Hey, well, I'm going to go play here and go play here. This is fun. This course is interesting. This hole's challenging, that kind of thing. And people are responding. And that's just nice to see that we nothing against the wings, the lions, the pistons and the tigers, the Wolverines and the Spartans. They're our bread and butter. They're important. We don't exist without them. Right. We, we like writing about them. It's great. It's what sustains us all year long, but it's just nice that uh, we can veer off here and there and to have that. So that was my favorite thing. Real quickly. Oh. My new favorite thing, though, is during the last break, all three of us decided <laughs> that we were agreement on Wendy's. And I've never really thought Wendy's before, but that Wendy's is actual food <laughs> and that their burgers, you even said their burgers were better than in and out which Oh, yes. Right. I did not. <laughs> no. Although they're no. pretty. Hey, they're they're not a bad consolation. No, they're not. They're not. So I just I just my favorite thing was that. <laughs> We all we have we all have our own little guilty pleasures, and we discovered that hey, we all kind of have Wendy's in common as a uh, place when you're out in the world and there's not a lot of options, and you don't want to feel sick to your stomach. You can I know that's not a great advertisement for <laughs> Wendy's, but uh, I think I saw that on a bar. billboard on ninety four. But you yeah, don't want to feel that's sick a low to your bar, stomach. But uh, make it Wendy's. Hey, a little a little, a little frosty, maybe a baked potato, maybe a little chili, a burger with some actual real toppings <laughs> on it. You, you know that's not too bad. So. Once in a while, right? We can all agree that uh, once in a while, it's not so bad. So that's my favorite thing. And that's that's uh, that's the one thing we have to remember about fast food. And we talk about food all the time. But the nice thing about fast food is that there's a commonality that, that you know, like not everybody may eat at Ima or go to 
whatever, you know, uh, uh, Katoy or all these different cool places that Lindsey Green writes about, you know, you, you can't all experience the same thing, but everybody's gone to Wendy's, everybody's gone to, you know, McDonald's or maybe even in and out. And so you, there's, there's a commonality and you can, you can argue, you can agree. So that's, that's kind of the fun thing to me about fast food. So I love it. I love your, I wish I'd stolen it from you. Absolutely. That was uh that, and we, we kind of debated and had fun talking about it during the break. So, uh, that that replaced my favorite thing, but I did love the fact that you, you I, I've enjoyed your golf coverage lately, and I'm glad it's resonating. It's uh, it's really good to see. Hopefully, next week can do horse racing, <laughs> or uh, or high ally, one of the two, or high ally, or boxing even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, does anybody even box anymore? Um, I don't think not so. Not really. No, not really. It's completely gone. Anyway, I uh, I wanted to thank you, Carlos, for putting up with me for another week. Just one more week. Just are you on, and you know you're on vacation, aren't you? You the reader should the, the listener should know that that you're on vacation. You I you've am. come out of your I don't know what you do for vacation if you sit in a hyperbaric chamber or what is it, you, you smoke you smoke a, a brisket for forty hours. I'm not sure how you spend your vacation exactly, Sean, but you've made the sacrifice to work during work hard too. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I just uh, I had another podcast, and I, I frankly I didn't want to. I didn't want to leave you hanging. Oh. You know what I mean? One of these days, uh, the show being great hands with you. One of these days I may need to take a break from it, but, uh, but for now, yeah, I would have missed you too much, my oh, man. I appreciate that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. All right, Carlos. I think it's that time that we wrap this up. What do you yes. say? It's been a good show, but too right. long. Yeah, too long. So hopefully Andrew will cut it. Uh, you know, we want to thank Andrew ahead of time for cutting it making us sound better than we sound and um, just doing everything that Andrew Hammond does. Our, uh, our lovely producer. Yes. Always and, behind uh, the somebody, scenes. somebody who, who told us over one of the breaks, he hates college sports. So <laughs> that was new. That was, that was interesting, but you know, Hey, that's okay. He's a sports editor. I guess you don't have to, you know, there's lots of other stuff to choose from. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway. Yeah. We want to thank Andrew Hammond. We want to thank uh, Anjanette Delgado, our co-executive producer. We've not mentioned her yet. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to play softball with her tomorrow or one. Okay, soon, good. Well, soon. apologize. Grovel and apologize. I'm going to tell her, I told Sean to mention you and she's going to say, I don't believe it. And we're both getting salary cuts. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> that cuts a little bit too close to home, right? In the past. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just leave that one there. But uh, no, we want to thank Ajanette. We want to thank Kirkland Crawford, our sports editor and co-executive producer of this podcast. And of course, Peter Batia, the editor of the Detroit Free Press. We want to thank you for giving us your time again this week. Uh, You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast, Spotify, Apple. When you get there, give us a rating, uh, you know, give us some criticism, uh, subscribe. That would be awesome if you had it in your hearts to do that. Until what? Next week, Carlos? Is that right? Okay. We will talk to you then.